Welcome to the Did Nothing Wrong podcast, where we try to cut through the noise and help you make sense of the chaotic information space around us. I'm Griff Somke. And I'm Jay McKenzie. On this episode of the Did Nothing Wrong podcast, we're joined by Robert Silverman to discuss the latest right-wing outrage campaign over a really lousy movie Matt Walsh made that Twitter decided not to show. And whether Elon Musk did it on purpose for the controversy, or if he's actually smart enough to think of something like that. If you like what you're hearing, please give us a rating and a review on the app that you're listening on. Be sure to subscribe at didnothingwrongpod.com to get our content straight into your inbox. All of our work is free, but we're extremely grateful for paid subscriptions and donations that ensure that we can keep doing this important work. Thank you. Before we get started, just a quick bit of housekeeping. We're doing a survey to see what you'd like more of on the Did Nothing Wrong pod, and we're giving out stickers if you respond. We'll also be drawing three names at random for your choice of a free shirt or a coffee mug. Just go to our website at didnothingwrongpod.com and look for the survey tab at the top. It's that easy. Thanks again for your support, and now, on with the show. So, we've got a report out in the Daily Beast that kind of breaks down just exactly how bad Twitter is failing right now and just ignoring posts that are absolutely full of hate speech. And this isn't going to come as a surprise to anybody who spends as much time on the bird site as we do. But I think for a lot of people... We're very dumb. We're stupid, by the way, just to make that clear. Don't be like us. us. Don't be like us. But I think for a lot of people who don't spend the amount of time dug into this world that we do, you'd be pretty shocked if you realized some of what's out there these days and some of who's out there these days. They've brought back practically everybody that you remember from the greatest hits of 2017 and Charlottesville. It seems like every single day I see another person pop up that got rightfully banned from the day. Paul Nellen was the one I remember from 2017, the man who had a list of all the Jews in Congress that was running against Paul Ryan. And he got more extreme after that. I mean, I remember uh-huh. following on Gab and he got markedly worse and talked about machine gunning people at the border and with militias. Paul Nealon was the one who actually outed Ricky Vaughn because right. they got into a feud mm-hmm. and, and Nealon accidentally spilled the beans about uh, his name accidentally. being Douglas <laughs> Mackey. Mm-hmm. But, he, but that's who he was frequenting. That's uh-huh. who he was associating with was Ricky Hunking Vaughn. And a whole slew of far-right, just creepazoids. Absolutely. I mean, by the end of his his tenure, he was associating with the Bull Patrol guys. Paul Nealon's back. Charles C. Johnson has an account on Twitter. You may not have noticed. It is an account promoting his Mm Substack, which only real sicko aficionados like me have occasionally checked in on. I'll Hmm. cop to that. (laughs) I have read Chuck C. Floor Shitter's Substack because it is so bonkers. Uh-huh. It's not even the casual anti-Semitism that's peppered throughout that really is the, oh my God, this person needs serious help part of it. It is just floridly insane and unreadable. It's like the Henry Darger painting of Substacks at this point. 
but he's managed to pull in some some people from the left because he takes it from a slightly different angle and mm-hmm. Some people have decided that, yeah, he really was an FBI informant and mm-hmm. maybe he was working for the CIA this whole time. That's, that's what the, he's telling that's everybody. Story. That's, his that's story what he tried to sell to me it. on. And I mm-hmm. told him, fuck off, essentially. No, I don't have a quarter. Go fuck yourself. We're not linking to it in the description. No, no. we are not. If you want to consume this material, that is your choice and mm-hmm. one you will have to be an active participant in. But Don't blame us. We told you it was garbage. If you, yeah, <laughs> if you do... notice his obsession with the jews has not changed he takes a slightly different approach but he is still very 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 unhealthily scarily racistly obsessed with the jews yeah ziuden are a big or are a very or a stock character throughout every single one of his Substack. what's really frightening now is that he owns a genetics company a company that does yeah. genetic sequencing. For all of the floor shitters, uh, just absolutely crazy stuff that he pulled in public. And and I was reading a lot of his The Got News stuff back in 2015, oh, yes. 2016. He's ingratiated himself in right-wing circles. He is not a persona non grata in mm. right-wing politics. He got money for Clearview AI. Mm-hmm. He was involved in 2017 in staffing up the Trump White House. There have been numerous instances both before, during, and after dabbling in light Holocaust denial, that Charles Sheet said, and if you want to know why I keep referring to him as Charles C. Floorshitter, you can Google that and figure that part of the story out yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, But he, of course he's back. He is a far right, but in the current political matrix, he is an acceptable political figure. He's not shunned. He's a confidant of Peter Thiel's. I'm sure he's lying about how much, but they've broken bread. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, he's in Twitter spaces with Steve King late last year and a whole slew of right wing influencers. He's not he's not on the outs. No, at least not with the mainstream of that. Space, he's in Twitter so. spaces with Richard Spencer late last night, for God's sakes. You know, he's definitely in with that same group and you'll hear them say oh well those guys don't believe in any of that anymore i haven't seen an apology i haven't seen a disavowal i haven't even seen them address any of this there's a lot of work that goes that needs to get put in if someone wants to actually leave the far right and it's rare some people do it Mm -hmm. there are examples but you don't usually read about them in the papers and you don't usually see them popping up in twitter spaces because that's not where the work is being done but the Daily Beast report basically said that the Center for Countering Digital Hate did a study about posts that were rife with anti-Semitism, racism, homophobia, transphobia, openly like praising Hitler type level anti-Semitism, just so you get an idea of what we're talking mm-hmm. about here. This isn't borderline stuff here. No, no. they're all they're <laughs> all staying up. Anecdotally, there are I mean, I have I have the high I have the Twitter safety filters cranked up to like I, I threw those dials up to 10 a long time ago. So I have to look and check in my replies to see it. But it's far more common for me to get sent a Shlomo Sh- uh, Shekelstein meme or to, to, to see anti-Semitic stuff. And this is what's happened since Elon took over. Unbanning all the accounts, gutting the trust and safety team entirely. And they just lost another person who's in charge of it as of last night. The sycophant that he promoted from nowhere right. to run it is now gone too. Shocker. He's now gone too, possibly because of this whole kayfabe stunt that he's pulling with what is a woman, which by the way is, it's not just transphobic and factually wrong. 
as a piece of filmmaking alone is so <laughs> awful. No one needs to see more than one or even one shot of Matt Walsh walking in slow motion. And yet it's just a terribly made awful, awful movie. And so they wanted to show it on Twitter because Twitter is a right wing platform. now. It is. It really is. Yeah. That's the, that's the bottom line. And whether Musk has some secret plan that he thought, well, on the one hand, I believe in, world's biggest air quotes, free speech. So I'm going to let all these people back. Uh-oh. On the other hand, advertisers don't want to be associated on a platform that is rife with fascists. This is a problem. Mm-hmm. What is to be done? Well, I certainly can't walk back all these times I proclaim to be a some kind of free speech absolutist. So I need to find another profit center. I was very stupid and very wrong in thinking that all of the elite uh, liberal tastemakers and academics and and, uh, and celebrities would want to pay $8 for Blue Flare. So <laughs> turning it into a right-wing media ecosystem and a right-wing publishing platform with a robust comment section is one path. I don't think it is nearly as good as just holding on to the advertisers from corporations that you had, but it is a path. Now, whether Musk possesses the wherewithal, the self-awareness, and the planning capabilities to execute this plan or even decide that this was the plan that he wanted to execute is another matter altogether. But the end result, unfortunately, is the same. That's what Twitter has become now. And the report is makes it clear. If you are a a far-right person who wants to promote harassing, you know, North Face or Target or Chick-fil-A. Twitter is a place where you can do that organizing freely and openly now without any fear of losing your account or having your reach diminished. Right. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. There's no consequences. There's no, I mean, the owner might even boost you if you do a good enough job. It really- The owner will absolutely boost you. There's yeah, no downside here. Zero hedge like this morning. <laughs> yeah. He tweets with Oren McIntyre, who is a straight up white supremacist. He's so posting th- stone toss comics a couple of months ago. Oh, he invited RFK Jr. on a Twitter spaces next week. Of course he did. Of course he did. The very real Democrat uh, opponent Jr. to Joe Biden. Yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. I'm sure uh, Steve Bannon will really enjoy that space and tune in and Use it to his utmost. Oh, Dan Bongino. There's another one. Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson. Charlie Kirk. End wokeness. Who does anti-woke memes. Dan Bongino. How about the fake AOC account that he was talking with last week as well? That started with 75,000 followers. He reinstates this thing. Now it's got 250. And because Elon's boosting it. Which, you know, at least in the first place, it was being run by one of the guys from the New York Young Republican Club. It's like, this guy is either on the team or just wants to be on the team so badly. He is both terrified of and desperate for approval of the last cohort online that is willing to praise him as Tony Stark. (laughs) 
<laughs> yep. and, and and are constantly wondering, when are you going to make us an Iron Man suit? We were promised Iron Man suits, one and all. Yep. So let's get into what happened with what is a woman. It is now viewable everywhere for Twitter online. Do you want to talk us through this, uh, Jay? Yeah. Well, I, I think it was... Uh... I would start with about three days ago and someone posted on Twitter and said, what if aliens came to earth, what is the simplest thing that we turned into some sort of political debate? The question was something like that. And it unnecessarily that didn't need to happen. And Musk said, what is a woman? Which is the title of Matt Walsh's anti-trans movie documentary, whatever he calls it it's a film just cringeworthy <laughs> propaganda yes that's cringeworthy far-right propaganda yes that is what it is. lenny riefenstahl is rolling over in her grave yeah and then in hell, <laughs> in hell. yeah yeah nazi propagandist yes mm-hmm. they, uh, many of these people aspire to including steve bannon in any case daily wire had already announced a partnership with twitter to put their content straight on the platform Twitter was, I think, now allowing two-hour videos. That was part of getting Daily Wire on board and hopefully other companies. And there are, whatever you want to say about them, Daily Wire does have a substantial following. And and for right-wing conservative media, they are a big player. And they were going to bring that to Twitter. And part of the introduction would be putting, I am a woman, or what is a woman, uh, I am a, I am a woman. <laughs> uh, part of the introduction was putting what is a woman straight onto Twitter. And pretty much as soon as that happened, someone at Twitter decided to shadow ban the. Yeah, they sent it to Twitter for approval. Twitter mm-hmm. came back and said, well, actually, you know, we took out specifically the word misgendering and dead name from our policies. But it's still there. You can't do it. And this movie does it. So you can bleep those couple of words out or else we can't we can't put it next to ads because the Blebo Corp, which is whatever's left advertising on Twitter at this point, really does not want to see their products next to this. And it is absolutely transphobic Trek, like we've all been saying. And so Matt. Walsh began immediately filling every diaper he could find, possibly the diaper in the Matt Walsh plushie toy that is now available for purchase from the Daily Wire as a baby. And, I and swear it, to you, that's real. That's a real thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, there I is, did see that. I did there see is that. A, for, for kids, specifically for kids, you can buy a tiny plushie toy of Matt Walsh in a diaper as a baby with a beard. It's mm-hmm. not weird. It's very normal. It's, it's very normal. Not groomers. Not groomers. <laughs> no, no, no. They're they're not the groomers. They're they're the good guys. It I think it started the outrage, the backlash, the how could you censor us started with a 16 post thread from Jeremy Boring, the co-CEO. Claude Taylor Seth Abramson stuff from Jeremy. <laughs> I'm not boring. <laughs> And they said, oh, the horror. Of course, it went viral. Of course, Elon posted and said, made his excuses. And it wasn't his fault. It was must have been somebody else. Somebody else, even though all of the leadership left at Twitter is. There was reporting that's come out in the last day that Elon was absolutely present for that decision. And we'll get into now the arch conspiracy that's come as of all as all this is played out in a sec. But just to. Just going to drop that little factoid in your heads, kids. 
And then <laughs> the Daily Wire decided they were going to put the movie up anyway. And they did. And Twitter slapped a label on it, essentially shadow banning it and deboosting it and saying it had hateful content, mm-hmm. which it does. Mm-hmm. It does. It's accurate. Yep. And if you're going to ask why, if Elon likes this movie, if they've got this this agreement with the Daily Wire at Twitter already, they're going through with this. Why would anyone at Twitter say, oh, no, no, we can't. They have to change this. They have to take this off. And the answer, of course, goes back to Twitter is hemorrhaging money. Mm-hmm. The advertisers have fled and are still fleeing. And Elon is trying to hold on to what he can because as rich and important as he is, he does not have that much liquid cash. And eventually he's going to run out. So what was the report earlier this week that Twitter is now valued at a third of the price when Elon paid it? Yep. So, yep. Yep. Chronicles in genius businessing. Mm-hmm. No matter yeah. how much money you've got, that's got to hurt. That's got to hurt. Yeah. That's, uh, I'm going to do some math here. It's about $30 billion. That's mm-hmm. going to leave a mark. No matter who you are. It doesn't matter. Yeah. $30 billion is going to stick. That's just, yeah. Forget it. And Elon is not that anymore. Not with the Tesla price, not with what he's spent on this idiotic Twitter idea. No. Just so we can circle back, as far as anyone knows, the reason Elon decided to buy Twitter is because he was getting negged in his group chats mm-hmm. about a Babylon B post getting taken down. The Babylon B decided to make a transphobic, and again, I just I need a prop here of the world's largest air quotes so that I, can, <laughs> that I can show it. We need a world's largest air quotes sound effect, like maybe an air horn or something that <laughs> they, they wrote a joke, the one conservative joke about Rachel Levine, the surgeon general. And that got by the previous Twitter administration that got taken down and the account was suspended until they took it down. Cause it is a, it's hateful, mm-hmm. absolute garbage. And there you go. You want to tell those jokes in private? Have at it. You want to tell those jokes on your obnoxious little website? Have at it. You can't do it here. Oh, no. I'm in a gulag. I'm freaking mm-hmm. Saul Zenitsyn here. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So Elon got very publicly mad about that on Twitter, about that happening. And, you know, like the meme about the uh, giant dominoes, here we are. <laughs> well, now we've got, what do we have? Who is left? The head of trust and safety and... Two heads of trust and safety have since left. <laughs> and nobody's nobody's saying why, but gosh, it seems, seems like it might be relevant. Um, one might speculate that, let's say that, there, that Elon was, for the sake of argument, present for a meeting when they debated whether or not to post this movie. Trust and safety met with Elon... While, you know, he, he was like, Oi, Grimes, I'd like to put this movie up. That's my <laughs> terrible South African accent. Not very good. Oi, Grimes, what is a woman? In any case, I liked what Benedict Cumberbatch is doing in that movie. He's having fun. Uh, anyway. Uh, more fun than Assange is these days. So, where were we? Musk, huddling, possibly, theoretically, huddling up with Twitter, deciding how to handle this. When the fit hits the shan, either because Elon didn't seem to realize that all of his far-right buddies would pitch a ginormous day-long fit about this, 
then he reneged the next day and now it's up there are no warnings there are no there's no reach about it all of your far-right superstars online are, are sharing it on mass and it's everywhere the conspiracy though is what if this was a plan to increase this movie's reach because again for all three of us whomst are too online and definitely to twitter online we all knew about this mm-hmm. we all knew about this far-right propaganda but there are still normies who have not been so afflicted. So the question is, and and Mike Masnick wrote about it in a in a post that went up to, uh, recently at Tech Dirt, and I would recommend reading it because he's excellent when uncovering all things social media. Was this was this a psyop? <laughs> was the conspiracy that Elon Musk? in the dining room with the candlestick and the Daily Wire plotted to initially censor this movie, cause everyone to get mad online, have it be trending, get normie publications to write about it, at which point it would the whatever hindrances to this movie spread would be removed and it would go hither and yonder and more people would get to see Matt Walsh's bigotry. Not to go McLaughlin group, but Griff, your thoughts. My thoughts are that essentially nobody's going to care about this movie, like you said, unless there's some kind of campaign here. Nobody cares about most of the stuff these people do. And I think that's why they end up going with the outrage campaign so often, because really, who's going to watch this? Who's going to watch 2000 Mules? Who's going to watch any of this crap without some kind of big right-wing media outrage campaign to push it so and a following pushback by the mm-hmm. left-wing media which is absolutely which the left-wing media left-wing the mm-hmm. even the, the new york times is not a left-wing publication sorry that the mainstream media needs to do the, the mainstream media needs to correct this nonsense when it gets put out there but that is part and parcel of their, of their marketing strategy i'm sorry to need to Oh, no. Oh, no. No, you're right. They need the reaction. They need the outrage. And they've gotten quite good over the years at figuring out what buttons they need to push in order to get that outrage. They almost have a bingo card of things that they can release a movie or a post or, you know, a documentary about that will get that response out of the left, which is exactly what they're looking for. And it would be really nice at some point if people stop taking the bait. But Nah, that's for that's for a, a perfect world, and we just don't live in that. Yeah, so it's come full circle now to the point that Elon is quote tweeting the "What Is a Woman" movie from the Daily Wire, the original one that the post that got censored, shadow banned, and Elon is now saying every parent should watch this, and doctors who provide gender affirming care should be jailed. Mm. That's where we are this morning. Yes. Yeah, it is. Rounding up of doctors has a sort of faintly Teutonic whiff to it. Mm, yes, it, it it's winks at an even deeper variety of fascism than we're already talking about Yeah, way too often these days. What is it next? Anyone wearing glasses? Anyone with a university degree? They tried that in Cambodia. Mm. It went really bad. Right, right. But just to the point that did he plan it? What do you guys think? My answer is no. He's too stupid to to pull off a to pull off a conspiracy. I think it would be awful clever, and it makes lots of sense. But I think the history of Twitter under Elon is one of incompetence. It is not knowing 
the tech, but really not knowing how people will respond. He he tried Twitter Blue and thought everyone was going to get on board. Well, he pissed off more than half of the user base and they won't buy it. And they will go out of their way to say they didn't buy it even when Elon apparently yep. pays for it himself. It is a bad yeah. shame mm-hmm. more than when the right was screaming at you blue check mark losers, which they used to do. Con- <laughs> well, that, that's ours now. Yep. We get yeah, to yeah. have that now. Now you're the blue check squad this and you suck. motherfucker paid for Twitter. <sighs> but even even the Ron DeSantis launch, if Elon was a mastermind, wouldn't you think he could get his servers in order before you launch? Give him a test. Yeah. Give yeah. him a test beforehand. That would be a step in planning something. So I, I agree with you guys. I don't think, I think him tweeting this morning, the Streisand effect is not uh-huh. him revealing his evil plan, but him trying to retcon yes. his incompetence into a masterstroke of villain. And he reveals his incompetence every single day, just a little bit more. Every time the man tweets, every time the man opens his mouth, it's like more and more obvious to everybody but his sycophants. Just a bag of squirrels fighting in there. Mm-hmm. Fuck, it's insane. And now he's really posting through it. And, and you see this... Somebody, either it's the fear or the dopamine hits or the, I think you said, Robert, it looks like he got about three hours of sleep and he is just reply, reply, reply. He's boosting this. He's trying to rewrite the narrative. Flooding the timeline. Yeah. Flooding the zone with garbage to get anything that will distract from reality, which you can still somehow get to. There was a really good story that came out right when Elon bought finally Twitter after the Delaware court forced him to, you know, he couldn't. He was going to lose in court, so he had to buy it. Hmm. Um, I forget who wrote it. It was for The Verge. But the opening line is, and whoa, chef's kiss. You fucked up real good, kiddo. <laughs> That's the lead. <laughs> yep, I remember that. Uh-huh. Oh, the, the bulk of the story, which it, it explains a lot of the reasons why him becoming King Twitter is just a terrible idea for anyone, and in particular him. But... What Elon doesn't understand and has never understand and can't ever understand is that the product of Twitter is people. It's not a tech stack. The thing you are selling is the user base. And the user base is going to be mad all the time, no matter what. And Mm -hmm. now that's your fault. (laughs) Because Elon doesn't understand people. No, there, there's a very good argument to made that any product whose user base is a group of people is unmoderatable and unmanageable. This all really makes the case quite well for Twitter as public utility at some point, because like you're just not going to be able to run it any other way without right. the same exact thing happening. It wouldn't matter who was in charge of it. Well, and if you remember, Jack Dorsey is also a free speech absolutist Mm -hmm. and he tried very hard to adhere to the same principles that elon is and he couldn't no no he drove him so mad he had to flee to a yurt somewhere and do 20 and do like 48 hour fastings and all kinds of bizarro like hooli hooli like uh alternative medications in order to deal with the fact all the ayahuasca all the ayahuasca Right. That man has been on a vision quest for the last six years, as far as I can tell. Oh, and he was posting some stuff and being equally stupid this week. So congrats to Jack for jumping oh, back. Oh, definitely. So I am kind of curious about where, well, Twitter or X Corp, as it is now legally known. Yeah. 
Get on the X, baby. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> Band X sues him for all he's worth. <laughs> Your phone's off the hook, but you're not. So there's a couple things we haven't actually touched on that I think we wanted to. Is that, one, the essentially Twitter deciding that if you pay $8, you can say whatever the hell you want. We're not going to censor it. We're not going to do anything. And... Apparently, the one time Elon tries, they he completely backtracks and two people resign. So, one, it is making their right-wing boycotts of Bud Light and Target and Kohl's and Chick-fil-A much easier. And they're leaning into that heavily. And where once they thought, if we push this too far or if this harassment campaign leads to something like, say, a bomb threat or... Shots are fired or violence occurs. That might get tied to me, the right-wing influencer. I don't want that heat. I don't want to lose my Twitter account. So I'm going to back off a little. Not much, but they would back off just enough. And now there is no incentive, no reason for them to do that. So these harassment campaigns are just are streamlined. And if there are no consequences, then and, and it is a huge money-making venture, it's going to keep going. The other thing is is 2024. I don't know if any of us think these aiding these right wing harassment campaigns is is a goal or intended, but it's it's certainly easier. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if either of you have thoughts on that. Well, whether he's doing it on purpose or whether he's just again incompetent enough that it works, it's going to have that effect. Twitter has, as you said earlier, Robert, become a right wing site. And as such, it's going to have an outsized impact on the election because it always does. And from a right wing perspective. So I think if you're anybody else, you kind of need to game plan for that right now. Think about like what this is going to look like. For me, for me, it's not, you know, not to delve into electoral politics, a subject I'm really not qualified to talk about. To me, the worry is not, okay, will this Will this be an effective platform to for conservatives to get out the vote? That I think the answer is no, because there, there's not a large enough user base for it to make an impact. I could very well be wrong, but to me, that would be my gut instinct there. For me, it's the violence, and that's what's scary. I think there hasn't been any studies on this. There, there is no way to quantify it yet because this is all happening. We're all in the mix of it at the moment, but the Threats like for a year now, we have we have seen bomb threats and threats of violence become a far more common and acceptable means of political expression on the right. And they are doing it on Twitter. So we are now in, in the midst of Pride Month. We're in the midst of Boycott Palooza, where every company who they're, they're just boycotting them for saying gay people exist. That all these that's all these companies are doing is they're saying, you know what? Gay people exist. They have the same rights as everybody else. For people who have experienced even one iota of bigotry, they should have this month to feel that this is a country that celebrates them for who they are. Right. Real hot button controversial stuff. Mm-hmm. Chick-fil-A got yelled at on the right for hiring a DEI officer two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago. For a post that's more than six months old. Mm-hmm. Right. And Two years ago. What that says to me, at least, is that these people are looking for reasons. They've got yes. somebody sitting 
in front of a computer at Daily Wire headquarters or wherever, just search on every timeline of every corporation until we find something that we can start an outrage campaign over. Because, and here's the thing, they think that's what the left used to do. Yes. They think that when someone's old racist posts would be in earth, and you know, I was writing more about sports in like 2015 and 2016. That was a pretty common occurrence that some mm-hmm. some pitcher would be, you know, as a 12-year-old would be, or a 16-year-old even would be using racist language or anti-gay language. It happens. The thing gets written up. Okay, because, yeah, it's newsworthy. They would make a token apology. The world moved on. But in the minds of the right, that's what we were doing, that we were like scrolling through Trey Turner's past online history, looking for a reason to cancel him. That that was something we did for fun and we did it for clicks and we did it because of the righteousness of our cause. We we, I swear we didn't. I was there, man. I was in the content (laughs) mines. I promise. We were not looking for things. If there was a story, we reported on it. This was people. And even if you want to say, well, that's what happened. The left has its army of soldiers out there doing this, doing the legwork for them. No, we don't. (laughs) It's not that complicated. Like, look, if Trey Turner wants to use the F word for reasons unbeknownst to him, like, yeah, that got a quick write up by aggregated sites. His life has not been materially harmed by that one jot, if he even remembers it. What was his last contract that he signed? Come on. Didn't hurt him. million, man. Exactly. With the fills. Didn't hurt him. He's fine. Well, going through a rough stretch right now, by the way, for all you Philadelphia (laughs) Phillies fans listening in. Uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's Pride Month and Trey Turner's having a hard time dealing with the cultural oppression, so he can't field a grounder. (laughs) Well, maybe he uh, always had a Bud Light after the game, and now he doesn't have that release because Mm -hmm. not allowed. But I can guarantee you that they think that's what we on the left were doing. They really do. When the left was reporting on racism, when the Republican was reporting on like police brutality, when the left was reporting on any number of these issues, it's because we feel that they're important. And when the new, so we talked to people, we investigated, but we well, were not, it's, it's a very, very different minds. No, no one on the left was going through corporate pages being like, hmm, they're not woke, time to put them on blast. No one was because it's stupid. Yeah. Let me ask you this, because I'm sure you've you've dealt with this and you've dealt with editors. With all of these stories, there was a threshold, right? There was a there was a level that it had to reach to where you could report on it. And and the rights level now is you use the words diversity, equity, and inclusion literally ever. And and that's okay, threshold has been passed. You can we can write that up, we can start the smear campaign. But there had to have been plenty of these stories that you turned down because there's yeah. it's it's rumor, it's hearsay, there's not enough there. I wrote a story uh, four years ago that I'm very proud of about the far right and including a lot of people from the New York, like a lot of people from Proud Boys, <laughs> mm-hmm. Proud Boys affiliated figures who were making their way into the supporter section at the at New NYCFC, the MLS. Club. Right, right. Right. I wrote a story about that. And the fact that it was a newsworthy story, because it's not just, oh, here are these fascists going to soccer games. That's not a story. The story was that they were part of a supporters group, which means which means they were put on promotional like 
imagery by the team. They received perks in terms of where they could sit in the stadium. They were put out as brand ambassadors for the team. So what that meant was because this these two really supporters groups were rife with the far right, NYCFC was suborning the far right. That's the level that it had to reach to be newsworthy. But mm-hmm. I actually started looking into that two years earlier when there were all these stickers going up by the same supporters groups in and around Brooklyn. And there were a couple of fights that got started between these far right figures and lefty ultras for uh, Red Bull New York, the other New York City MLS team. Right. And we looked at it and we went, well, OK, it's a soccer brawl. There are a couple of stickers. And we said, you know what? That doesn't reach the barrier. That doesn't reach the threshold for us to report on it. And I was like, you know, it's like, well, I kind of think there's something there. So whatever. I let it go. And then two years later, the brawl happened after Gavin McInnes's speech, which involved all these same people. And I was like, you know what? They're not going away. I'm looking into this. Yes. But that took two years to make that story happen, <laughs> to give you any, just to right. give you a little, a little peek inside the game. And that's not what these people are doing. That's not what no. is going no. on here. At all. No. Uh, just as a side note, Tim Poole's theory about diversity, equity, and inclusion is because it spells day. This is yet another indication that, <laughs> uh, that the left is trying to substitute godliness with their new self-defined religion. <sighs> He's just worried they're going to make him uh, take off his hat. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Deity. Okay. Day. Join the cold. Join- There's the Latin word for, for God, day. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Join the cult. He loves yeah. to join the cult. It's a cult. We're not a cult. It's so you weird calling everything, a, calling everyone to like the left of Mussolini a cult. Meanwhile, who's the one with multiple compounds in rural West Virginia, all of which are armed to the T? Which one, Tim? <laughs> Is it me? No. Is it anyone on the left? No. <laughs> oh, Tim Pool and his projection. You could write yeah, a whole article in, in about case, that sometime. Uh, but- But just to go back to this question of like, what does this mean that Twitter is now a far right staging platform? I I think you can, I think I have no evidence, but my gut instinct would be that all of these bomb threats are happening. If they're, if it's not because they necessarily saw some tweets, I think the ferocity of it and the amount of anger that's there is being fueled by the fact that Twitter is now a place where these people can post their bigotry mm-hmm. without ever worrying about getting banned, that they can, in fact, generate momentum for them online. And I think that momentum leads to people calling in bomb threats. There are a lot of other factors, but that's what worries me about this direction. Twitter is the threat to people's lives. Casual observer who probably is dealing with being too online and potentially some mental health problems, you see one of these posts about the groomer threat that is looming wherever at this children's hospital, at this drag show, whatever it is. Not only now do you see that hateful post that, oh my God, it's a five alarm fire and let's, let's run for the hills and won't someone do something. All the replies to that post are people who paid $8 And the algorithm has pushed them to the top and they all agree that this is the worst thing ever. And it's not that the replies have always made enough of a difference to change people's mind, but you would at least get a diversity of opinions. And honestly, you would find that lib that you could own because, oh, they're so wrong and I'm going to go yell at them on Twitter. Now all Mm -hmm. you see into a fight like 
Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. No one's going to look at a post and then see the replies and think, ah, now I think these people are demonic and Satan. Yeah. But it does reinforce that worldview over and over and over and over. And all you are getting is a reinforcement and, and a validation. Yeah. Yep. Of it's these very bad and wrong ideas. And in these people's minds, they're in a room and there's a speaker at the front who's telling everyone about this horrible epidemic of groomers that is occurring. Yes, that is entirely imagined. Entirely. Mm-hmm. But in their heads, everyone in that room is clapping. And so why wouldn't you go do something when all your friends agree that mm-hmm. this is terrible and something must be done? So why not you? And you get internet points for agreeing. Yep. You're going to join in and agree. And the more internet points, the higher up you go next to whatever the parasocial relationship is you've developed with the initial poster. And to bring it back to what you said earlier, we're talking about one of the worst things anybody can possibly do here. If this is real, these people are the worst people on the planet. So how far is too far to go to stop them? It normalizes things like bomb threats, because if you're trying to take out the groomers, what's too far? There just isn't. I I also saw the clip. I don't know if you guys caught it this week for the terrible Jim Caviezel led Tim Ballard biopic. (laughs) which is being released. Jim Caviezel, who I think it was QAnon Anonymous that did a whole three-hour-long episode with sources talking about what working with Jim Caviezel was like on set and his frequent asides that, well, Hitler had some good points in addition to all the other bat guano crazy things that he would say. In any case, he's making a biopic, again, world's biggest air quotes, about Tim Ballard, the founder of Operation Underground Rescue, which is just a scam. They are not (laughs) rescuing children. They are cosplaying as Marines. And now there's a movie with Jim Caviezel cosplaying as Tim Ballard, cosplaying as the great (laughs) rescuer of children. It is an Ouroboros of self-deluded nonsense. I'm going to need one of those string charts just to keep up with some of this. I know. Seriously. <laughs> you, you saw his recent interview with Bannon. Where Adrenochrome? You, you can't even say that word. You just, you can't even say it. It's, it's crazy. Q, Q? Just, Q just, somebody told me that Q just means question. Question more. Why is that such a bad thing? He is so fucking pilled uh, it is uh, uh, it's uh, uh, gone uh, absolutely gone. he's out do you think and this was brought up in another i think will summer was talking about this in a, on a of the washington post now i was talking about another podcast and it's probably in his book which i haven't read yet i will will sorry um <laughs> that this was all a riff that whoever started Q, whether it or whether it was something that was slipped in after possibly um, the HN founders uh, took it over, um, that it was all a riff on the bit in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Oh, God. <laughs> where, where Benicio del Toro is talking to Johnny Depp. It's in the book, too. It's in actually right, in Thompson's right. book. But, but most people have gotten it through the movie where he's talking about feeding on like a, a raw, like a, a live human adrenaline gland to get adrenochrome. <laughs> Which was a relatively I, common Hunter Thompson bit. Yes. Hunter Thompson is saying, Hunter Thompson admitted that that's me. He made that up. That's uh-huh. nonsense. It's not yeah. an actual drug. It doesn't do anything. Right. He made that up. That's it, fiction. It's fiction. It's not real. It didn't mm-hmm. happen. Fake. Yes. 
<laughs> wow, it would not shock me at this point. That but would that's be that's where they got that bit about adrenochrome from. Sounds as plausible as anything else I've ever heard. I believe it. Oh, it's just make it dumber. Uh-huh. Make it dumber. <laughs> and on that note, make it dumber. Thanks for listening to the Did Nothing Wrong podcast. If you want to hear more, you can go to didnothingwrongpod.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at James, the word four, and the letter M, all one word, and Grizza, BJJ, G-R-Z-A, BJJ, as well as DNW Pod. Thanks again for tuning in, and remember, everyone mentioned did nothing wrong.